Welcome to Soaring with Eagles with your host, Crystal Richardson, a.k.a. Sergeant K. Each week, we hear from Crystal and her successful guests as they share their triumphs, tragedies, tools, and secrets for living a full life complete with financial freedom laced with fun and fulfillment. Crystal takes a controversial and edgy approach to unveil interesting facts about millionaires, billionaires, and game changers, and how they have accomplished life success while giving back. Now, here is Crystal Richardson. Good morning, everyone. This is Crystal Richardson with Soaring with Eagles. Very, very happy to be here today with Satish Verma. Uh, Good morning, Satish. Good morning, Crystal. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, Satish is actually the founder and CEO of the Think and Grow Rich Institute. And he's actually going to be talking about a number of things that he's doing with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Very excited to have you on the show today. And uh, later on, we will have uh, Daryl Rivers of The Lead Company. So make sure that you stay tuned for that as well. So Satish, you're in, you're in Toronto right now? Yes, I am. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you for tuning in with us. And um, I just wanted to already just, I'm all excited to say congratulations with, what, with what's going on with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Maybe we can just go ahead and, and have you give an introduction of yourself, but I really want to jump into what you're doing next. Um, see, I, I was introduced to Napoleon Foundation about 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even know that this kind of thing existed in, in this world. Um, when I was introduced, I was going through some rough times in my life. And uh, at that time, uh, one of my mentors, um, I'm sure people know his name, Tom Hopkins, he introduced me to the book called Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I, I had lost everything at that time. I was on the verge of bankruptcy. And he told me to read this book. And I bought the book for about three dollars some cents from Cole's bookstore in those days. And I'm flipping through the pages and it's, it's feeling good somehow. I'm not reading it. I'm just flipping through the pages. Mm-hmm. And on the last page, it said, uh, there's a Napoleon Hill Foundation and it offers courses on, on Think and Grow Rich. I said, oh, my God, taking the course will be so much fun, easier to, to stream through the whole book. So I called them. I said, listen, I'd like to take this course on Think and Grow Rich rather than reading the book. And and they said the cost of the course is about $300. And as I said, I was on the verge of bankruptcy. I had only $500 left in the bank. And imagine uh, $300 was a lot of money. Like 60% of my net worth is uh, to spend on the course. And with great difficulty, I managed to uh, basically send the $300 to them. And my life has never been the same ever since. That's the best investment I ever made. Uh, on on this course, so <clears throat> so in those days the course was offered uh, offered like uh, through correspondence. You you send them the money, they will send the word lesson number one. Uh, you read it, internalize it, answer some questions, and as soon as you answer the question, if you pass, then they will send you the lesson number two. So in those there there were no facts even facts were just had started to come in that time, but that's how it was in those days. I actually remember. Correspondent courses. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, so what I did when I, when I got my first lesson, it was as if something had come from heaven for me. Uh, so it, I had just declared bankruptcy and reading through the material, uh, 
I'll tell you what was so, what the biggest takeaway was from that lesson. <clears throat> it said uh, there are man-made laws and mind-made laws. That's the first thing it said. If you follow the man-made law, man-made laws, or if you breach the man-made laws, you may or may not get punished, right? You can speed 60 miles in a 40 mile zone. You may or may not get the ticket, right? Mm -hmm. And if you follow 40 miles, go 40 miles, you may not even get rewarded for this, right? However, he said, if you breach the mind-made laws, you will always be punished. If you follow the mind-made laws, you will always be rewarded. Then it said, whatever the mind can conceive and believe the mind can achieve right. is a, a mind-made law. I said, oh, wow. And uh, first it didn't make sense to me, but as I read more and more about this, I said, wow, this is, this is amazing. <clears throat> so I, I, I just, it, something just clicked me at that moment. I said, uh, I have just gone bankrupt. And everybody's telling me now for six years, my credit won't be repaired. I won't be able to do anything with my life. And then I'm thinking this is a man-made law. For six years, I have to wait. I said, no, this is a man-made law. Uh, why don't I use it with this concept, whatever the mind can conceive and believe the mind can do, I can be out of bankruptcy in six months, not six years. So I said, okay, good. I'm going to challenge this statement. And Crystal, why? I said, I'm going, <coughs> excuse me. I'm going to do everything in this course. What it tells me to do. I'm going to cross all the T's and dot all the I's. I won't deviate from there. And I, guess what? I started doing this and I was actually out of bankruptcy in six months. Six okay. months. Six yeah, months. I was going to ask you how long did it take you to, to make it through the course or, or even, like you said, get out of bankruptcy. So six months later. Six months. Six months. And, and because I made up my mind, I said, this is the way it is going to be. If whatever the mind can conceive, my mind is conceiving that I can be out of bankruptcy in six months, right? And I, I believe I can do this. But I also started reading about those people who had gone bankrupt and how they got out of this, right? Mm -hmm. So the minute I got out of bankruptcy, I said, wow, this philosophy works, man. This is so amazing. And why don't I teach it to the whole world? Because the whole world needs it. Right. And imagine I was at the bottom of the barrel at that time. I had no money, nothing. And now connecting with the Napoleon Foundation at that time was very, very difficult. Like, you know, I, I, I had no resources, nothing whatsoever. But then one day I'm going to teach this philosophy to the whole world. One day. And I kept on. So I delved into several businesses in my personal life after I got out of bankruptcy. And then what happened? Uh, one day I was invited to a conference in, in, in Venice uh, from Napoleon Foundation. I, I went to attend the conference and there I found out that they were giving licenses to teach Think and Grow Rich. And I asked them about Canada. They told me, oh, in Canada there are, there are three parties who are probably interested in this. I said, have they signed the agreement? They said, no, they haven't. I actually, this is a true story, I gave them a blank check with my signatures on, I said, here it is, you give me the rights. And they thought I was crazy, you know, they, 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 they told me, they said, well, what if you put million dollars here? I said, I really don't care, I want the rights. Mm -hmm. 
So the reason for me giving this blank check was, first of all, it puts me a, a better position than anybody else, right? And secondly, I also knew that they are not going to charge me more than what they will charge everybody else. Why? Because Napoleon Foundation works on very high standards of integrity. Think and grow, it's, it's, it gives you to a very different level of consciousness. So you can't cheat people, right? When you are given this opportunity. Right. So, so, so I got the rights and I even didn't know what I bought. <laughs> what did I buy? I had no idea. So then I realized this is something, this is like a diamond the rough and I'm going to shine it. I'm going to make it the worldwide uh, household name. Now, when you did that, though, you had already been through the whole course. This was years later that you did yes, this. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then, I, then I started um, teaching this. Uh, about four years ago, I got the license, right? Okay. I, uh, I got out of bankruptcy 30 years ago. But during that time, I was basically preparing myself. Understand this thing. See, uh, like Disraeli says, when the opportunity appears, if you're ready for it, you'll grab it, right? Right. So, so then this opportunity came, I said, well, I'm going to make a career out of this now. I'm, I'm going to teach. I'm ready for it. I understand the whole philosophy. I thought I understood the whole philosophy at that time. But, you know, uh, this philosophy is like everyday learning. Every day. You can't, you can't say I know it all. Because every time you... Say, for example, you think and grow rich. And every time you feel that somebody puts the new pages in. Because you grow with the philosophy. Right. And what, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to say one of the things that I, I really like about it, it, too, is that anyone and everyone that you hear talk about it, even though the principles are all the same, everybody has a different take on it. And then they give the stories about their life and how they apply the principles. And, and, and you get more out of it every single time. Every single time. I, I tell you, this is the, the same principle, even for, for example, applying positive mental attitude was at a different level 30 years ago for me than it's today. Mm-hmm. So because your mind grows with this philosophy, Okay, uh, this is not written by a long-haired guy who went to the jungle and said, let me write philosophy of success, right? Right. Is this philosophy of first written, first, sorry, first lived and then written. That's, that's, that's the beauty of this. See, the word has been given a lot of philosophies, you know, abstract philosophy from Aristotle, Plato, uh, James J. Hill, uh, Dante, uh, other great philosophers. But this is the first practical philosophy given to this world through which you can use actually a practical means to become success. See, other philosophy prepared you to go to heaven, right? But this is the only philosophy that teaches you how to live on, on, this, on this planet. So this is, there, there is one of the principles related to faith, and, and, you know, and, and even just all through the philosophy, there's all through the principles, you know, there, there's principles related to, um, to life. It's not just about think and grow rich related to money. I did a, I did a post about, I don't know, about two, three months ago about the philosophies where if you just look at the title alone, you'll think that it's all about money and it's not, it's about life. It's about religion. It's about relationships. And yes, it's about success and money. Yes. It, 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 it's uh, money. Of course, money is important, but that's the relationship between money and peace of mind is not absolute. See, that, that's, that's, people miss, people think that, oh, uh, rich, or oh, this must be about money. It's about, so what if it's about money? 
So what it is, but you have to become a different kind of human being to earn that money anyway. Right? right. So otherwise you are not going to earn it. So, so it's, it encompasses everything that a human being needs in practical shape, you know, the, your emotional growth, your spiritual growth, right? Your physical growth and your financial growth. It's like having four legs of the chair. You, to be stable, right. you need the balance in all those four areas, right? Right. So, so this is what it's about. But it's, it's more than beyond making money. Money is not even, this is the last thing Napoleon talks about. This is the last 12 of the riches he, he explained. This is the last one on the list. Mm-hmm. And he says, first one is always the, the, the richness. Number one, the greatest richness in human mind is the positive mindset. Right. If you have a positive mindset, you are a very wealthy and very rich person to start with because everything is going to fall into the same category. And that's why I call this the mindset show because what, what we'll be going over with you as well as with, uh, with Daryl later is all about mindset because it, it's, you know, whatever you said, one of the quotes from Napoleon Hill about, you know, whatever the mind can conceive, but a lot of people, they can't even wrap their mind around bigger ideas. And when I coach people, they'll tell me what they want to do. And I said, I say to them, well, what's beyond that? And then what's beyond that, beyond that to make them think bigger and bigger and bigger. They they can't think because, uh, because of their own limitations of their own mind. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and, and certain limitations, for example, are, are just, they say, oh, it's beyond my control. It's beyond my control. Um, uh, in one of the books, Napoleon mentions, uh, oh, certain things are beyond your control. People say, well, I was born under this star, uh, Aries or whatever other is, you know, Leo. And, and, and they equate, oh, because I was born under those stars, so it's beyond my control. Mm-hmm. And Napoleon says that he had many friends who were born under many of those stars. But the difference was they took possession of their mind, right? They didn't worry about what stars they were born under. They say, if we take possession of our mind and we can direct it to wherever we want to, then the stars really don't matter. Right. And like even Shakespeare talks the same thing. When you read his Julius Caesar, I think that's where it is, the quote is. He said, Brutus, the fault is not in our stars. Fault is in us. Okay? Uh, uh, no. See, two people, for example, born under the same star, same time, same place they are born. They are born under the same star. But one is taken away by one kind of parents, the other one taken away by other kind of parents. But one is negative, one is positive. So how do you think these children are going to feel when they grow up? So stars have nothing to do with this. This is just within our own mind. We set up these limitations and, and we use this as an excuse for our laziness. That's the, that's the bottom line. So there, there's no such thing that uh, circumstances are beyond my control. It is how you respond to those circumstances is going to determine what kind of person you are. Is, right. is that, that's how simple it is. Right. So mindset is, uh, Napoleon Hill talks about, he said we are product of two things in our life. One is social heredity, one is physical heredity. Mm-hmm. Physical heredity, I cannot change the texture of my skin. I, I cannot change my heights. I cannot change the color of my skin. I cannot change the color of my eyes. I was born with that. However, everything else, what I have conceived in my life came out of the five senses. What I have been, all, all the impressions I have been receiving from my childhood, uh, what I saw, what I tasted, what I heard, right? What I touched, what I smelled. And these, all those things have constituted me who I am as a person. So 
So if we can, because these things can, can be changed. Somebody born under, uh, some kid, for example, he has uh, heard all the time, life is going to be tough. Life is going to be hard. It's right. hard to make money. People are going to be uh, uh, dishonest and all this. How do you think this child is going to grow up? And the other, and, and his, we call it, there's a filter in the brain that becomes red. So it only lets the wrong things go in, negative things go in. But when you have a positive, uh, when your filter is green, let's say you were exposed to or obsessional desire to do good in this world. You're always positive. Life is going to be great. Life is going to be easy. Don't worry about it. Making money is not difficult. And you grow up with that kind of conditioning, naturally you're going to be a positive person. So we are product of these two things, physical heredity and social heredity. Right. And part of that goes into like auto-suggestion. Can you kind of maybe speak on that just a little bit? Yes, I can. Because if your filter is red, for example, and you, you are always negative and negative and negative because it has become your habit, right? A habit is no, uh, it's like out of suggestion. Uh, uh, for example, let's say when we are, we are little kids and, and my father would say, well, go and brush your teeth, it's good for you. So, so I, am, I don't want to brush my teeth, but my father said it's good for me. This suggestion came from him. And then I, I, I brush my teeth for a week or 10 days. Then I say, oh, I should brush my teeth. It's good for me, right? It right. became a self-suggestion. And now I don't even think about if it's good or not. I know it's, it's just good to brush the teeth, right? So when you come to that level, it's good for me to think positive. It's good for me to set high goals. Is because I'm going to achieve them. It's good for me to go the extra mile. It's good for me to have a faith in intelligence and in my ability. See, when you develop those skills the auto, uh, at auto success reflex, uh, as an auto suggestion, they are, that's how they are going to manifest. You don't right. even know that you have them, but it's automatic. But most of the people are exposed to negative things. They think, oh, life is tough. It's automatic. It's auto suggestion in their mind. So it's going to be tough. That's the way they're going to respond to this. But if they are taught now, look, life is not difficult. Let me show you, if you do this way, if I show them the principle that that's how they work, and this becomes automatically auto-suggestion in their mind, they will change their lives. And, and that's why I want to, want to touch on that even a little bit further, because it has to do with words, the words that come out of your mouth, as well as the words that we have in our minds. And yeah. if you're able to trans transfer those into positive thoughts. The, the main thing that we're talking about are thoughts so that you can do something about your thoughts, not just having positive thoughts. It's the doing portion of it. Uh, yeah, see, the, the thing is, uh, we are talking about saying the words unless there are emotions behind those words. Right. Emotional. You have to emotionalize. Uh, emotionalize. Emo how do you emotionalize? See, the, remember we were talking before the show about having a desire and burning desire and obsessional desire. So your words will only be emotionalized if they are at the obsessional level of the desire. Let me explain why, uh, how it works. See, uh, there is a people wish for a lot of things. They wish I, they could be rich. They wish they could be millionaire. But they keep on wishing. That's why it never happens in their lives. So if we have a motive behind our wish, that I want this thing because of this thing. 
See, Napoleon talks about 10 basic motives that really inspires us. If they have any other motives behind that wish, that turns into a kind of desire. Okay, and then when you start taking action about that desire, it becomes kind of burning desire. Right. And then when you sleep with that desire, work with that desire, eat with that desire, think about that desire day in, day out with the action, it becomes your obsessional desire. That is the auto-suggestion level. Right. It is, it's automatic. Automatically, it is happening in your life. You don't even know that you are doing it, but you are doing it. Right. When you go to sleep thinking about something and wake up thinking about it and you're dreaming about it, you have to do something about it. And that's a burning desire. That's a burning desire. But it will happen only when you have motive behind this. See, a goal without motive is a dream. That's all it is. Okay. It's not a goal anymore. So I must know why I want it. If I want to achieve something in this world, why I want it? Okay, if I don't have the why behind my what, I will never get my what. That will stay as a wishful thinking in my life. Okay, so Napoleon Hill talks about this thing in great length uh, in the chapter on faith. Right. Faith, he, he talks about, it's not the faith in higher power only. It's the faith in your own ability. Right. That it's just like when you have a remote control in your hand or you sit in your car, when you turn the ignition on, you know my car is going to start. You know when I flip the channel on my remote, it's going to change the channel on my TV. That's the, that's the kind of faith you are going to have to build in with your own self. You have to start thinking about this. You know what? I know if I do this thing, it's going to happen. It's, right. it's the same thing. When I sit in my car, turn the ignition on my car, is going to start. Exactly the same way, you have to have certain habits, certain traits within you, that if you have those, it's going to bring those results. So all these principles in Think and Grow Rich are, are related to that kind of thinking. If I do this thing, this is what's going to happen. See, Think and Grow Rich is a system of self-management based on precise rules. If you follow the rules, the results will be as accurate as the results of mathematics are. It's just like putting two plus two is four. So right. this, is, this is the reason I decided to do. I said, you know, I'm going to follow every principle in this book, in this course, and see if it is going to work. Because I had the burning desire to get out of bankruptcy, right? Because it's good for me. Right? I had a motive behind this. I said, I'm going to prove to this world that this can, this can be done. That was the burning desire for me. I wanted to prove to my children and my family, look, there's no point and going to at the bottom and can't come, come on the top. That was the burning desire. I wanted to prove my children, our dad went bankrupt and he made it again. That's the, that was the love for my family, love for my children. That was my motive. And love for what I'm going to do in, for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So Napoleon talks about those 10 basic motives. One, he talks about the uh, self-preservation. A lot of people go to their work or uh, they go to work to put the food on the table. And they say, why do you go to work? Oh, I go because I can pay my bills. And see the thought behind this. They go to work because they can pay their bills. They keep on paying their bills, their bills and bills and bills, nothing more. Right? Some people go for the sake of love of the work. I love what I do, Satish. That's why I go there. I love, I do this for the love of my family. I do this, I love for my country, I'm doing this. Love for an ideal, love for my religion. Right? Love for a special man or woman. That's why I do this because I can, I love them. That's why I need all those things. Napoleon talks about that second motive is love. 
Third one he talks about is the fear. A lot of people do things out of fear. Because, right. 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 And but then another motive is hatred. Look what Hitler did to Jews. Right. So so same way he had a motive behind was the hatred. And and look what he did. Then Napoleon talks about the revenge. A lot of people uh, formulate in their mind a kind of uh, imaginary or real revenge about the person rather than focusing on their goal. But that that propels them to do things. I'm not condoning that you have to have revenge and hatred or 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 you know uh, fear in your mind to do anything. No, no, I'm not condoning that. But a lot of people are propelled by that kind of motive. Next motive is life after death. A lot of people say. Well, what will happen to me when I go to heaven? Maybe I should do some great things in this world so I can I can go to heaven. A lot of people, other people work for the recognition alone. They say, "Oh wow, my God, I get so much approval, so much recognition," and and that can be behind your wish, and that becomes a desire. Next one, the next one, he talks about mind, freedom of mind and body. See, a lot of people become entrepreneur. Why? Because they want the freedom of time, freedom of uh, working hours, and all this. And the last one he talks about is the money. He said, "Last one is money." He said, "If you put can put one of those motives behind your wishful thinking, that turns into a desire." Now, right, right. See? And then when you start working on that desire, it becomes a burning desire. Now, I really want. Okay, so so uh, coming back, you started. You said something uh, about faith. Uh, Napoleon Hill talks about. How do you develop faith in your life? How do you know that you absolutely have full confidence that this is going to happen in your life? Right? That that's very important. Mm-hmm. So he says, number one, you must know what you want. Second, you must have some kind of plan. What are you going to? What plan do you have to achieve this? But a lot of people stop here. That's it. He said the third thing is important. That shows you how much faith you have when you start acting on the plan, whether you are ready or not. Exactly. That's that, what brings whether up. you're ready or not. Because yes. whether you think, sorry, whether you think you're ready or not. Yeah, you just do it. You just do right. it. Right. And this is where the problem is. People have millions of excuses. Oh, because of this, you know, maybe it's just the same thing. Oh, I'll fill up my tank when the gas price comes down. Right? I'll buy the house when the prices are down. You know things like this. It's the same same thing. We are waiting and waiting and waiting. And uh, uh, great so psychologist William Marson said, uh, "These people live a life of quiet desperation." Right. Okay? Quiet desperation. Yes. Yes. I, I think Henry David Thoreau said this thing: "Life of quiet desperation." They do not know that the life success comes to only those people who are success conscious. Not those people who just procrastinate and wait and wait, and and you have to not be afraid of failure as well, because you may do it and you may succeed or you may fail, but you learn from those mistakes and and build that into to your life lessons. Yes, and if you don't do it anyway, you you are failing anyway. Right. <laughs> so, like Augment, you know, my one of my favorite authors, he said, he said these people are dead at the age of twenty five, thirty, thirty five. Though we don't bury them till they are sixty, sixty five, seventy, right? Because that's all they live with. They have no high goals in life, and mm-hmm. once they understand the concept of this, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve. Of course, you can achieve anything in life. Whatever. See, it doesn't say you have to be old or young. It doesn't say you are male or female. It doesn't say you have to be born born to a specific place to to be great. 
All you have to do is to think. That's all you need to do. Then if that's what's going to happen in your life, whatever the mind can conceive and believe the mind can achieve, why the hell don't you think, to think big to start with? Mm-hmm. Right. It's going to manifest anyway. Right. And this is the reason 95% to 98% of the population always think in terms of putting the food on the table. Mm-hmm. That's all they do. Oh, I get a pension. And that's all they do. They don't contribute to the good of this world. They don't think that they can do this. Uh, or they don't believe in it's possible in, even in their lives. Well, I really appreciate what you've done to, to help uh, get other people involved in this movement with your institute. And as we discussed, uh, as far as like being a part of the institute, that's something people can do. Uh, we're going to bring on our other guests just to say hello. And then I want you to go ahead and give your closing comments about what you're doing with the Napoleon Hill uh, Foundation right now with your book. Okay? Okay, sure, sure, sure. All right. So let me go ahead and bring them on. Good morning, sir. Great morning to you. How are you? I am great. Great. So thank you, uh, Daryl Rivers, for being on. We're going to go ahead and have Satish give his uh, closing comments, and then we'll move over to you. I just wanted to go ahead and and put you on because I saw that you logged in, okay? Okay, great. (laughs) Okay, Satish, can you still hear me? Yes. Okay. So can you uh, tell our listeners about uh, your new book? Yes. Uh, uh, you know, um, I, I, it's very emotional and overwhelming for me to co-author a book with Napoleon Hill. Uh, think about this. You know, this, is, this is a great moment in my life uh, because we, we discovered some uh, awesome material in archives of Napoleon Hill's uh, storage. And uh, we pulled out that material. It's called Adversity Advantage. Adversity uh, Advantage, okay. Yes. And uh, Napoleon Foundation wants me to co-author this book with Napoleon with my commentary on whatever he has written. Okay. And uh, so first I thought, you know, I, I'll just read it, write my comments. And then I, then I, let me share something with you so powerful, okay. So which will, I am sure, going to transform a lot of lives, what I'm sharing with you. When Napoleon Hill wrote the book, this is what I'm reading in this manuscript. When he wrote Think and Grow Rich, he was working in the White House. He wrote six books in the White House. But those books sat on his desk for a long time. And Think and Grow Rich also sat on his desk for a long time. And he would not send it to the publishers. You know Mm -hmm. why he didn't send it? And you'll be blown away by the reason. He said, he said, I didn't send it to the publisher because this book was written under very negative atmosphere in the country. That everybody was in, in recession, depression, economic depression. Everything was uh, like as a, as a snail pace happening in this world. He said, and people around him were also of the same mentality. He said, that's the time I wrote Think and Grow Rich. So I didn't want to send it to my publisher. And then all of a sudden, he had a realization he can change this. What he did, now Crystal, listen to this. He retyped the whole book, word for word, without changing a word. Okay. With a very positive mental attitude. How is it going to make a difference in this world? 
retype the whole thing word for word without changing a word and then with that state of mind when he put it into that book he sent it to the publisher excellent this was a great learning lesson for me you know why because i could annotate this book which they told me to co-author in napoleon hill just write my commentary because i'm quite well what's the napoleon's philosophy i said no no no, no. i'm not going to do this i'm not going to do this injustice to napoleon's work i am going to digest every part apply every part of the book in my personal life first and then i'm going to write the commentary i told don green the executive director of the foundation to give me two months not two weeks and so i'm totally absorbed in this book right now learning it applying it and then i'm writing the commentary because if person like you interviews me i should know what's in the book right right this is a great lesson i learned there's no such thing as something for nothing in this world mm-hmm. the minute you try to get something for nothing you will get nothing and this is also one of the principle napoleon teaches going back to my well i really i really appreciate you uh sharing uh the principles today and we'll have to have you back on you have such a wealth of knowledge and uh i'm really looking forward to the book i think you said it would be out at uh, the end of this year yes okay okay so what we'll do is maybe have you on uh right before it comes out again so that we can help promote it is that okay sure sure thank you so much okay well thank you for being on today i hope you have a great day and uh, we'll be talking to you again soon Thank you, Mr. Thank you very much. Okay. okay. Thank you. Mr. Rivers. How are you today? I am doing awesome. Doing awesome. Thank you for being on. So, um, Satish, you're welcome to stay on for some of the commentary at the end. I hope you can because we uh, want to um, have the two of you do a little bit of exchange here. Sure. So, Daryl, um, tell us about uh, the lead company. Oh, wow. Well, the lead company started in 2014 upon my retirement from the law enforcement community. I was a hostage negotiator and uh, started my career out with Detroit PD, uh, moved to Arizona and ultimately retired out of Arizona. And I was kind of like, okay, what am I going to do right now? Kind of thing. And being a hostage negotiator, I used to always speak on, teach on communication Uh, And throughout my law enforcement career and military career, uh, I've had some leadership experiences, so I would instruct on those things. Right. And before the year was over, uh, the company uh, had moved outside of Arizona, started going to different states. And right now, uh, we're actually a national training company. We train law enforcement, government, uh, colleges, business owners, entrepreneurs. We work one-on-one with individuals. And... Today's topic is really good because, you know, most of the things we talk about is, is our mindset based on how to do what we do on a higher level. Excellent. Excellent. And you're also a part of another organization. It's, it's in your picture uh, that uh, it didn't show up in my picture because I took the background off. But go ahead and, and talk a little bit about that. Oh, well, yeah. Um, my wife and I are both executive directors of the John Maxwell team. Uh, the John Maxwell team is the number one leadership uh, training, uh, communications training platform in the world right now. We have over 160 countries uh, that are represented in the team. Uh, John Maxwell is the number one rated 
uh, leadership guru on the planet through Inc. Magazine and a few other organizations. He's written over 100 books. Uh, he's our personal mentor and actually uh, we'll be actually heading out to Orlando, Florida to go spend some time with him uh, this Saturday. Excellent. Excellent. So John Maxwell, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. This is just a power packed show on today is, is how I named it. So let's talk a little bit more about mindset. So you do leadership training all over the world. Obviously, you have to have a proper mindset to do what you've done um, in relation to law enforcement, military. Um, what is, <laughs> excuse me, one key element related to that word that just stands out as something that everybody should catch on to? Well, I think that people believe mindset is the way you think. Uh, I believe that's a, a big fallacy. Mindset is not the way you think. Mindset is collections of your thoughts and how you process them. So when I think of mindset, my mind is actually set. It's fixed. It's that, that, that fixed object that navigates everything else uh, in a trajectory of where it is that we want to go. So sometimes our goals and our mindset can contradict one another because I can think I want to do particular things. I can think I want to go somewhere, but the way that my mind is actually set, uh, it's almost like it's antithetical to what it is that the, the goals that I'm setting. So we can set our goals, but if our mindset isn't tweaked or founded to really project us in the correct areas, we'll set goals and never create, never make them. We'll never meet them because the way that our mind is set is not good for the goals in which we're uh, aspiring to attain. So mindset is more so the foundation of every single thing else that you desire to do. And That's desire, how I view mindset. Right. Desire is the word we talked about earlier, you know, the burning desire. And if your mind is totally wrapped around an idea or even wrapped around a person, like you're, you're going to just think, eat and breathe and, and dream about that particular thing. Uh, and then if your mind is set so much that, that it's, it's basically where your whole life is revolving around that at that time and point, that point in time then you're going to actually do something about it. You can't have a burning desire and then not do anything about it. And so Satish, that was part of what you were mentioning earlier about that as well. So um, you, you had some really good, good points there just about, about that. And I, I wanted to talk about how mindset and leadership go hand in hand. Because- so mindset, mindset and leadership? Mindset and leadership. And, and what I'm saying here is that all great leaders have something that has, has driven them to, to lead. Some people lead because they were just put in that position as opposed to a person who was, a they say, a natural born leader uh, or a person who has developed leadership skills. But developing leadership skills also means that you've developed a certain mindset. So can you talk about leadership and how your mind is important related to, to leadership? Absolutely. Um, people lead for different reasons, just as you said, right? So when I think of positional leaders, right? So you mentioned position. Some people are put in position to lead. Position is literally the lowest level of leadership. Basically, you do not have to have any leadership skills to be given a position. Sometimes you just have to test well or give a good interview 
and you're put in position to lead. That doesn't mean that you're the leader. So some people's mindset is, is the idea that if I get the position, that makes me a leader. No, position is given, leadership is earned. And when you, because leadership is influence. So if my mind is set on one of two paths, once I am put in a position, then I can lead, that's the wrong way to think about it. But more so, I'm going to gain influence. And the position actually gives me a greater reach and a greater span to enact my influence. So my mind is always set when it comes to leadership that leadership is a people business. And if you're not into people, please get out of the business. So if it's, if it's position-based, and position means that you have to listen to me. I'm going to lead because you have to listen to me. More so than I'm going to be the type of person that people will want to follow, even if I have a position or not. So I'm sure, Crystal, you've heard this term and I've heard this term and, you know, I'll follow that person to hell and back. We've heard that a lot, right? Well, I don't think anyone believes that that is a good place to follow anyone. But <laughs> the influence that a person has, it basically uh, uh, leads others to believe that, you know what, even if the conditions are not great, even if I don't have resources, even if I am put in a very uncomfortable situation, I will follow you based on the influence you have over my life. Now, no one follows a positional leader like that. And when your mind is set on, I have to first touch their heart uh, or before I touch their hands, then we can truly, truly lead with the correct mindset. If you don't love people, you'll ultimately manipulate them instead of leading them. Well, I feel that, you know, a great leader, the greatest leader is the greatest servant, the one who serves their community, who serves the people that uh, are uh, uh, subordinates, if you will, or, you know, people below them, uh, next to them and above them. You have to be a great servant in order to be a great leader. And we did not use that word earlier, Satish, the, the leadership word. Do you have a comment related to leadership? Whatever Daryl said, I think that's worth millions of dollars worth. Every word he said is so priceless, so priceless, that you, your position doesn't make you the leader. Right. Like you earn that position, right? And then you are a real leader. And a lot of people, uh, uh, we say position, the leadership is thrusted upon them. They are not really leaders. So, so whatever Daryl is saying is priceless. I'll tell you, it's brilliant. Brilliant, he said, whatever he said about the leadership. And you have to acquire certain traits, habits, so people can follow you. Like, like Napoleon talks about, he said the ability to influence other people in a positive way is the greatest leader you will ever have. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have the ability to influence other people, you are not a leader. So, uh, but again, don't forget, it can be positive or negative. He doesn't talk about negative influence. He talks about positive influence, the way you Correct. can influence other people. The more people you impact, the greater leader you are going to be. Simple. The richer you are going to be, he also mentions this thing. So, so uh, I, I agree with Daryl 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. What he would said is, is worth the gold. Yeah, and, and I, I really appreciate it too. And, and I work with a lot of different uh, CEOs uh, with what I do as, as being a, a consultant and a coach and a contractor. And, and, um, and I work in 
a lot of different organizations I, I have over the last 30 five or 38 years or so. So I've seen a, a, a lot related to leadership and people who think their leaders are leading their teams versus people who actually take that servant heart and, and, and the influence, like you said, and the support of, of, of their people uh, to a whole nother level. And those people who, who look at it like that, their organizations are growing leaps and bounds because the everyone is is surrounding them and will go with them maybe not not to hell or whatever that you said Tarot, but but they they will take those extra steps and and um go the extra mile that, that is the the thing that people say sometimes because they have that type of heart and they have that influence and so let's talk about uh and daryl we'll start with you the people who are stuck uh, the this is the mindset show, and a lot of people are so wrapped up in their thoughts. And there is a book out, you know, Joyce Myers, the Battlefield of the Mind. You know, there's there's all different kinds of books related to the mind and and people that have things that make them be stuck in their lives. So, what can you give us to help bring us out of that? If there's someone that's listening to this show or watching this show that's just just downright stuck, uh, the number one thing that I would say is this, and I, I love this question, okay? Especially as a, as a coach myself, this is beautiful. Being stuck is a phenomenal place to be. You're like, what? Because let me tell you this, if you recognize you are stuck, that is a high level of self-awareness. There are billions of people who are stuck and have no idea that they're stuck. So therefore, they are, it's almost like they have no hope of changing because they don't recognize that they need to. So number one, being stuck is gorgeous because you have a level of self-awareness to whereas I can do more, be more, and have more, and I'm not experiencing more. So therefore, there's a hunger and desire that, that, that is actually being uh, uh, set into motion, okay? Yeah. Number two, understanding that, and I'm sure we've all heard of this, I didn't make this up, okay? I believe it was Einstein. It says the level of thinking that got you there is not sufficient to get you out. So whatever has created your problem, the level of thinking that created your problem is not, uh, it's not sufficient to get you out. So therefore, if you are stuck, then this is when we reach out to another perspective. Les Brown says it's very difficult to see the picture when you're the one that's in the frame. So, so number two, one, number one, you're in a great place. Number two, your level of thinking more than likely is not sufficient to get you out. And number three, when you really look at, okay, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. Don't get in the idea that your present is going to always be your present. Sometimes we get so down on ourselves and feeling like my right now is going to be my right now forever right position yeah it's just somewhere you are and it's okay because you recognize you there and the fact that you're expressing that you st you are stuck is an indicator that you're not going to stay there you're not going to stay it's like a rock in your shoe you know you have to stop you remove the shoe you remove the rock you shake that shoe you put it back on and you keep going now imagine if you have that rock in your shoe and either at the point of you recognizing it's there, you just don't move anymore. You say, well, I can't walk anymore. I have a stumbling block. A rock is in my shoe. I can't do it anymore. Or you take off your shoe and you never put it back on. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I believe that those three points that, you know, we really look at, it really puts us in a great position to get unstuck. And, and I, I forgot to mention number four. Now you have a blueprint to get unstuck that you can reproduce in the lives of others who happen to be stuck. Because I've been stuck before in my life. And, and I just look at it from perspective on how I got unstuck and the mindset that it took for me to, to recognize it. Because I thought this stuff was a bad place, but actually it's a good place when it comes to self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we all understand that it starts with your mind, it starts with your thoughts, and then it goes into what you do related to your plan and actions, uh, that's key, you know, looking at the mind. And, and, you know, there is that saying, you know, you keep doing the same thing, but expecting different results. You keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results or, or being on the treadmill. You're just on the treadmill and it's time to get off and, and start your life and do what you were put on this planet to do. And there's so many people that, that just stay there or just stay in their nine to five job when really, you know, they should be opening up their own LLC, their S corp. They should be doing what they were put on this earth to do. And so I think uh, shows like this, uh, lives that are lived like you, Daryl, and lives that are lived like, like, like you, uh, Satish, are, are very important to have this information shared with people because um, being stuck, it's not anything wrong with being stuck unless that's where you just want to live the rest of your life. But there's, we were put here for so much more, right? We were put here for so much more. And so um, related, related to being unstuck, uh, Satish? Yes, uh- See, Napoleon talks about people who are stuck uh, for only one reason, because they don't want to pay the price to be what they want to be. That's mm-hmm. why they are stuck. Okay? He said, if you, you, there's one, you can't do anything about a person who doesn't have any desire to do anything. Yep. They're the, the only person you cannot change. But the person who has a kind of desire in his, in his mind to do something, and he believes in that, what he wants to do. He said, then all he has to pay, do is to pay the price. But people don't want to pay the price. They want something for nothing. That's why they are stuck. Mm-hmm. That's why 98 in my seminar, the same thing. Oh, I want million dollars. So what are you going to do about this? And they have no clue what they, are, they should do. They don't have, they don't have even, uh, and, uh, and if you, oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe not. Every time they, they are stuck with this, pay the price. Everything is possible in your life. If you are willing to pay the price, you are never stuck. So I was reading uh, something last night. It says, when the going seems beyond endurance, when the going seems beyond endurance, and you still keep on going, still keep on going, he said, then the whole power of the universe mysteriously opens for you. The whole power of the universe will mysteriously open for you. Mm-hmm. You can never be stuck there. Right? If you are willing to pay the price. And go beyond beyond endurance. I like that. Beyond endurance. Beyond endurance. And now you still keep on going. That's the time the universe opens up for you. And that's the, and this will happen to you only how big and how high your goals are. 10,000 times Edison failed. Failed. We'll invent the light bulb. Imagine Imagine if he had given on one step before he succeeded, probably we'll still probably will not have the lights. And because this was such a huge thing to give to this world, he had to pay the price in persistence. That's all it was. 
So only people who are stuck are those who don't want to pay the price or those who don't have any desire. It's possible to get out of this. Right. I, I have gone through in my personal life. People say, how did I live in the slums of India? I had one meal to eat a day and I'm sitting in front of you. Only the right to think and grow rich for the entire world. How did that happen? I paid the price. But I enjoyed paying the price. That's the question. It's right. not that I had to pay the price. I wanted to pay the price. When the paying the price becomes the goal, then it's fun. Yeah, and there was a book, or is a book, uh, Greg Reed, at Three Feet from Gold. You know, if, yes. you, if, you, if you are just almost right there, yes, but yes. you feel that you're at the end of your endurance. So that's why I like that, having to go beyond your endurance. And, and Daryl uh, is a, a friend of my husband's, and you know, my husband's a football player, you know, into fitness and all of that. And so he always talks about, you know, going beyond the burn. You know, and when it starts burning and hurting, you still can do another three, four, five, six, you know, 10 push-ups or sit-ups beyond that, you know. So if we, if we think about that and, and apply that to our lives and to business, you know, we, we all would be in a better place. So what I want to do now is finish up the show related to uh, one of the other uh, principles um, in Think and Grow Rich related to decisions. And um, mindset, again, has a lot to do with the decisions that we make or the decisions that we don't make. And Napoleon doesn't you know, even talk about the fact you can change your decisions, but, the, but the, you have to start with a decision. So, Daryl, if you can um, bring us home uh, today uh, with some comments about decision and how your mind plays a part in that. Absolutely. Uh, I, I like what was said when, you know, we we're talking about the sometimes people will want a million dollars, but they don't want to pay the price. I mean, that is a fact. Uh, and when it comes to when we say, hey, well, this is the decision I'm going to make. The question is, do you feel like you're worthy of that decision? A lot of times people, they'll say, I want a million dollars, but they really don't. And the fact that they don't, it's not something that they're aware of. So they'll make decisions that are contrary to pursuing that million dollars because they don't think they're worthy of it. So if I don't feel like I'm worthy or if I don't feel like I can or I don't feel like my background, the mistakes that I've made or anything like that would deem me uh, worthy to receive the things that I say I want, my decisions are always going to be contrary to what is it I say I want. So sometimes I have to really get in my mindset of what I'm worth, my self-worth, what I'm worthy of receiving, and what I'm purposed to do. Now, if I have those things in my mind, my decisions make themselves. Most of the time, we don't realize that in our subconscious mind, I would say 80% of our decisions are already made. But then when that information filters up to our conscious self, we trying to figure it out. But the bottom line is that decision has already been made. People say things like, oh, I want to be a millionaire, but they don't, they don't do, make any decisions in order to do that. Number one, they don't think that they can. Number two, they don't think that they're worthy. You know, and number three, they don't feel as though the resources around them will, you know, provide them with that kind of lifestyle. So Look, when Henry Ford decided, when he decided to make an automobile, number one, no one had driver's license. There were no roads whatsoever. There were no stoplights. There were no, and nothing like that. But he still made a decision 
to do something that no one asked him to do because he felt within himself that I was going to completely pioneer something. And it was crazy when people asked him, you know, if you ask what the people wanted, he said, you know what, if I would have asked the people what they wanted, they would have said they wanted a faster horse. So <laughs> sometimes our, our decisions have to really, really come from a position of knowing our own self-worth, believing in our vision, and really, really understanding the purpose for which we're here. And when we have those things in mind, our decisions are so much easier. If you find yourself, if you find yourself in a position to where its decisions are extremely hard for you to make, especially when it comes to your own personal journey, then there is some soul searching, some self-awareness, some prayer, some, some guidance that needs to take place in order for us to all come into our own and not value the opinions, the mindset, or the criticism of others when we understand that no one knows us better than ourselves and God. And when I look at it from that position, my decisions are pretty easy. And I'm not easily swayed or, or influenced outside of my decision. Because if someone can change your mind, you really hadn't made the decision anyway. Correct. Um, Napoleon, Hill, Napoleon Hill has a, a, a chapter uh, on persistence. And, you know, I, I've done a study of Think and Grow Rich with, with my mentor. And, you know, that persistence, what, what our mentor will tell us is read the chapter on persistence for 14 days straight. And when you read it for 14 days straight, it really tests your persistence, you know, and it talks about how when your mind is set, you continue to go, you continue to go, you have that burning desire and everything because you've already made the decision, no matter what your sir, even if there are no roads, if no one know how to drive and nothing would say that this is a good idea, you've already made your decision regardless of the circumstances. Right. That was really powerful, really powerful. Decisions, Satish, close us out with decisions. Yes. See, it's not the people, people when they don't decide, still they are making the decision, right? That's a decision to not decide, right? <laughs> okay. And a lot of people cannot decide, even if all the facts are in front of them, still they don't decide. Okay. They are the one who don't make it in life. Napoleon Hill talks about, he said, make any decision. And be ready for the consequence. That's all it is. And when you acquire all the traits which we which are in Think and Grow Rich, it doesn't matter what the outcome is going to be of that decision, you are going to accept it and learn from this. That's all it is. So the key is not, as I said, people, those who make decision, they're also making a decision, not make any decision. Right? The key is when the facts are in front of you, you better make any decision. Right or wrong. That's why they are stuck. They say, ah, what if I make a wrong decision? Again, it's because the limitation that they have in their mind is the past. They, their past becomes the future. All of a sudden, they say, this didn't happen in the past. Nobody has ever done it. How can I do this? It's not possible. And those limitations start to creep in all the time, all the times. And you don't make that decision. Who cares? One life to live. Damn it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> hey, what's the big deal? Nothing is. There's only one reality of life in our life. Only one reality, we all have to die. That's all it is. Everything else passes through such a quick flash and we pass on to the next planet. Why worry about this? What's going to happen? Nothing is going to happen. Mm -hmm. If you are willing, again, to pay the price. Right, and uh, 
John Chen had a quote up on the, the screen when he was here in Scottsdale saying that um, time is not running out, but our life is. Because people a lot of the time say, oh, time's running out. Time is not running out. Time is going to go until the end of time. But our life is, 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 not, uh, is not going to do that. We only have a certain period of time to be here on this earth. So we need to be about doing what it is that we were put here for. And whether you believe in the Bible or not, you know, there's a scripture, you know, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Be ye yeah. doers of the word. And so this whole mindset and decisions are, are doing uh, we need to do what we are here to do. Yeah. And I'm saying the word do a lot, but that is what I wanted to get out related to decisions is the do part. Uh, Satish, you talked about, you know, the fact that we need to have a plan and, you know, that's in, in, uh, in uh, Think and Grow Rich as well. But we have to have a plan. And even if it's not the best plan, just sure. do it and, and then learn from the mistakes apply whatever principles you need to do, and then just do it again. You know, everybody who has been uh, successful has not been where they've done anything right the first time. You know, Michael Jordan, he missed a lot of shots, but he made a lot, but he missed a lot of shots, okay? So if he hadn't just taken any, because he's like, well, I'm probably going to miss and just not take them, then he, we wouldn't have his name at the tip of our tongue like we do today. Right. Uh, so I really appreciate you all. Uh, being on the show, I had a mind to have a mindset show and I made a plan and, and, and gotten co contact with you guys. And so I just really, really appreciate it. And uh, we will have to have both of you on again. We are out of time for today, but uh, congratulations on your other book coming up. And, and it, that's something in the future for you, Satish. And Daryl, do you have anything that you want to say about anything that's coming up for you? Oh, wow. Uh well, I'm completely booked for 2019. We're constantly, we're currently booking 2020. Uh, if you ever want to find out anything about the lead company, just simply go to the LED company.net and you'll see all of our conferences. We're traveling all over the United States on a regular basis. Uh, you can take online courses. Uh, we're being booked to, to speak. Uh, right now, I'm scheduling things for June of 2020. Uh, we have two books out. Uh, number one book is called More Than a Servant. Second book is Learning to Love Your Mondays, which <laughs> I think a lot of people need. Uh, but other than that, you know, just, just check us out on the website and uh, get in touch with us. All right. Well, appreciate both of you. I honor both of you. And thank you for being on the show today on Soaring with Eagles. And that's a wrap. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Soaring with Eagles. Please join Crystal Richardson again on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition. Let's soar together, give back to our communities, and change the world. all Voice America listeners, hosts, employees, families, and friends. We're super excited about our Voice America Community Service Day to be held on September 7th. Let's join together with Full Color Movement Internationals, Give Hope Luncheon for the Homeless and Families in Need. Join us at the gym at 2320 
North 7th Street in Phoenix from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Come volunteer and bring packaged foods for 300 people. We need snack bags, socks, shorts, and backpacks for size small to 5X. Let's do our part to make someone's day a little brighter with our smiles, songs, poems, and some games. Soaring with Eagles radio show host Crystal Richardson will be celebrating September birthdays that day, so let's join her nonprofit and help raise $30,000 for a van and scholarships for at-risk youth. Don't miss this opportunity to make a huge difference in the lives of those that need it most. For more information on our service day or to donate, contact Crystal Richardson at www.fullcolormovement.com or go to Soaring with Eagles on the Voice America Empowerment page today. 